On today's debut episode, we're marking a personal milestone and we're watching a drag classic to kick off this premiere episode of my brand new podcast. So let's pop the champagne and get into my very first episode of Popcorn and a Popstar. Hi, 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 hi. And welcome to Popcorn and a Popstar, a movie commentary podcast from a drag pop star's colorful point of view. I'm your drag pop star host, Indies MX JoJo Siwa Pop Prince, Bradley Bitch, and girl, your new DBF, that's Drag Best Friend. Oh my goodness, here we are, episode one of my podcast. This is insane. Like, growing up, I was told, like, I'll never make a career or anything out of just watching movies all day. And, I mean, who's laughing now? It's me. Hi, it's Brantley, it's me. And let me just start this episode off on a note. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning into my first episode. I mean, it means the world to me that you're here. I mean, you could be doing anything else in the world, like anything else in the world, and you are choosing to be here with me on this first episode of Popcorn and a Pop Star. So thank you from the bottom of my glittery heart. Like, this means a lot. So thank you. So let's get into the meat, Mary. We're going to open this debut episode with a movie that I know like the back of my hand. It's a drag staple and you don't really have had to watch it to, you know, to follow it. But if you've seen it, you know where I'll be going with a lot of the things that I'll be saying in the commentary I'll be making on it. So today we're going to kick off with Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Now, this film was released in September of 1995, and this cult classic was directed by Baban Kidron and written by Douglas Carter Bean. It was filmed on a $30 million budget, but it only grossed about $36 million at the U.S. box office. And some notable names that we almost got to be a part of this film were Viggo Mortensen, Mel Gibson, and Gary Oldman, which is crazy to think that Gary Oldman, who was uh, Dracula at the time, playing Vita Boem. I just could not imagine that. Also, there is a trigger warning for this film because it does deal with sexual assault and domestic abuse. But we get drag queens who fight back, so it's a win for us. So without wasting any more time, let's push play on Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Neymar. This movie opens up with Patrick Swayze just getting ready. And it's crazy to me that, you know, he's no longer with us. Like, he was such a great actor. And I feel that everything that he was in just is iconic in its own way. I mean, Dirty Dancing, Ghost roadhouse so for him to have done this movie i thought was so interesting and so really cool actually at the at the time because i mean i feel that drag wasn't really a big thing besides like rupaul and like you know like lady bunny and a few people that were notable like new york queens but like you really didn't get that too too much in like you know midwestern culture for sure so like when i tell you this scene like molded my gay heart like when he was like ready or not here comes mama and like does that like moment oh my goodness i didn't know what was going on at the moment but i knew this is gonna be fucking awesome and 
I was not wrong. Like, this whole opening sequence of Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes getting ready, it was so freaking iconic. Like, just, I remember seeing Noxzema's, like, top lash and being like, oh my god, that is a lot of lash. And then she had that, like, bottom gold lash on. I was like, ooh. Like, that is so, like, crazy. I've never seen, like, two pairs of lashes on, let alone one being, like, gold and just the opening just of this is so reminiscent to drag like if you do drag this is one of those scenes that you're like ooh, this is how the magic is starting this is how like my friday night my saturday night is honey so good i literally was so and i didn't even know i was so befounded by like how uh, what's his snipes had a pair of shaper underwear and i was like what is that and then it's like he puts his dress on and it's like oh okay so it's it, it gives them a body and i just always thought that was a unique concept like drag is so unique like i feel that being really young and watching this movie i never really understood a lot but like now that i'm like an adult and i do drag and you know this is kind of my lifestyle i know all the moving parts that go into it so let me just say when wesley snipes just puts on those heels and is all <laughs> i would i would literally like just try on my grandma's heels and I would literally just do that. So she should have, I think she knew, she should have known if she did it. So I I definitely admire the magic that goes into drag because it's a lot to go into drag, to go from A to B or like a potato to like a baked potato. It, it's like the baked potato with the stuffing, you know, the toppings and stuff. You know what I mean? Not like a baked potato girl. But like just the magic of drag has always just been so great to me. And I'm so glad that I'm a part of this like community that we call drag. And we get Chi-Chi. We, I don't want to say we meet Chi-Chi, but we get Chi-Chi. And I just always thought it was so funny because she's just walking down the street, just chewing gum with her, her wig in her hand in this dress and jean jacket. And I'm just like, girl, you better work. And then we get the first of many cameos of this film. We get the backstaging of the pageant and all the girls are backstage talking about who's going to be congeniality, which I really don't think is a thing anymore in like pageantry. Like, I mean, like we all kind of like by the end of like talent we're like oh we know who's gonna win you know what category or you know who's gonna be congeniality kind of thing so we really don't sit around and be like who's gonna be congeniality girl and we get our mini cameos like i said of coco peru she's gonna be our first lovely gal i've had the opportunity to meet her and she's such a gem such a gem i love her so much and then we open up the sequence of the runway. And wow, I just remember being a little kid and just being like, oh, wow, there's more than just Vita and Noxima and Chi Chi. There were so many other like drag entities and personalities and styles in that scene that I was like, oh my goodness, this is, I, I'm in for a, I'm in for a wild ride with this movie. And I mean, all the girls look amazing all of everybody who was a contestant they it definitely shows why they are there because everybody brought something different to the stage much like competitions nowadays a lot of the performers and entertainers they bring such different variety to competitions and that's what i think i love about competitions i'm not a competitor my competitor i'm real smart y'all i'm not a competitor myself but i definitely you know enjoy the art of competition 
And a fun little fact, I know everybody has who has seen this movie at least always notices how Coco Peru has a gun. Doesn't know where it comes from, but she automatically has a gun. So, fun story, it was based off of a conversation that she had with Willem, and we find out that the reason why she has a gun is because it was in her purse, and it was one of those things that Patrick Swayze kept cutting her off on the runway because they had to shoot this like a million and one times. So I guess Patrick Swayze kept cutting her off, and finally she just said, you know what, quit fucking cutting me off, and pulls this little pistol out and starts chasing him down the runway with it, which to me is actually really funny because the director was like, no, that's not very family-friendly, and Coco herself, he was like, how is drag not family-friendly, darling? We're making a movie about drag queens. So that, to me, always baffled me, but now that I know, I want to instill that knowledge onto you. And also during this runway, we get um, two more cameos of very popular, very famous drag queens now and entertainers, Lady Bunny and Suzanne Barge. And I always thought that was kind of fun because I didn't really know who Lady Bunny or Suzanne Barge was. But now that I know, I feel like I see them more often every time I watch this film on repeat. And then we get the Grand Dame entrance herself from Mother Rue in 1995 as Rachel Tensions. Now, I remember being super young and just seeing this moment happen where she came down from the ceiling in this like sequin confederate gown being like 6'11 and just being a total glamazon. Like, I was so starstruck. And it was just one of those moments that I will never ever forget that basically helped shape my queer heart into what it is today. And it's interesting to see where RuPaul has come since this film. Because this was, like, very, 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 like, pre-Drag Race. Like, Drag Race probably wasn't even, like, a thought in her mind. So we get our OG double Shantae, double win, I guess. And it's kind of funny that it gets a foreshadowing because we get that in All-Stars 4. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen All-Stars 4. Um, but there is a double crowning and it always cracked me up because I remember when Nagzima was like, got told there was a tie. And she's like, what you mean a tie? And my, my sentiments exactly, because it's like, if there were like in a competition you've worked so hard and like hey you got to share this with somebody it's like what but it happens all too many i feel so we officially meet chi chi and it's one of those things that i always admired chi chi because she was always like the the queen that people really didn't think would go too far or would make it just because of you know her being such a small entity of the New York scene it seemed and the fact that like these two like you know we just won take her under her wings it just made my heart so happy and I feel like once I got older I definitely got a better sense of what this was and this for me just seemed like a drag family like I feel that like Chi Chi definitely became a part of Vita and Noxima's family and that's just the one thing I love about being gay is that we do have like the capability of finding our families that love us and support us apart from our you know from our real families we get our chosen families and that's always one thing that you know the the queer community we need to, we need we need more of I love that we need more of this and we get the infamous line that Noxima gives and if you want you can say it with me little latin boy in drag why are you crying? <laughs> I, I I don't even know 
why, but I feel like I said that all my life growing up. No one ever get it, but I got it in my mind. So, quotes on quotes. Like, this film is chucked full of quotes. Like, I automatically go to this, like, Rolodex of quotes whenever I need to, especially when I'm in drag. It's my go-to. So from this scene, we see the queens go to the infamous China Bowl, and we get to see how everybody reacts to how popular they are because they just won. And this is an actual great feeling when you know, like after a competition, when you go out, like you are like, it's like you're a celebrity for the night. Like everybody wants to see you. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody wants to like, you know, take pictures with you. And so it's, it's, it's definitely a great feeling. I have won three crowns in my entire drag career and it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling when people want to, you know, take pictures with you and, you know, be around you in or out of drag. And that's just me as a person. Like, if you know me personally, I'm fun in or out of drag. I'm more funner in drag, but I'm also more funner out of drag. And yes, I said more funner. And another cameo that we get in this scene is Miss Naomi Campbell. She, she's, was was hot at the time. I remember her being on like MTV and like George Michael videos and just like Vogue runways and stuff and just being like a black supermodel and you never really saw that too much in the 90s. So for her to be like one of the like OG like you know melanin supermodels, she better work. I know there's probably a lot more and someone's like, "What about this person? What about this person?" I can't think of them right now. And we also get the cameo of the late, great Robin Williams. And this was one of those scenes that it was so funny to me because as a kid, you know, you always hear John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt and it just never really like was a name you think you'd ever hear in real life. And in the moment where Vita's like, oh, this is Mr. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. And Noxine was like, oh, his name is my name too, bitch. Yes. I, I absolutely lived. And it's during this scene that we get the infamous shot of the photo of Julie Newmar. Now, everybody knows who Julie Newmar is, but if you don't, I'll give you a brief refresher course on who Miss Julie Newmar is. Miss Julie Newmar was the original Catwoman on the Batman series starring Adam West for two seasons before she was replaced by the now iconic and infamous Eartha Kitt. Um, don't ask me who my favorite Catwoman is because I don't have one. And I will give you Team Nooch because they are both amazing in their own ways. I love, you know, OG Julie Newmar because she's just, she's the OG Catwoman. And Eartha Kit because, I mean, she's a melanin Catwoman. So it's a win-win. And now for some fun trivia for you. Um, in this scene, we do get asked by Miss Chi-Chi, who is Wong Fu? Well, I'm here to tell you who Wong Fu actually was. Wang Fu was the head bartender at the China Bowl, and since so many famous people came into that restaurant, every wall space was, like, covered in autographed celebrity photos, and it was very famous for having all of those there, hence as to why Miss Jolie Newmar's photo was there in the first place. And with that knowledge, we are going to take a short break, and we will be right back. are back and honey let me just tell you daytime drag is already crazy 
These queens are up bright and early. Like, they are on the car lot buying a car at, like, 7 a.m. But they end up with a 1967 Cadillac DeVille, which Chi-Chi makes the reference of, I feel like Miss Jane Mansfield in this car. And for those who don't know who Jane Mansfield is, not James Mansfield from RuPaul's Drag Race, Jane Mansfield. Jane Mansfield was an early Playboy bunny and female jungle star. Chi-Chi's auto reference to Mansfield is a callback to her fatal car crash that happened in 1967 when she and her family were en route to New Orleans to do a TV show. So RIP Miss Jane, because I'm sure she would have been iconic in her later years. So RIP to her. Now driving cross country in drag is already like like crazy in itself like for a gig for anything in general just driving in drag is cumbersome i feel like i've driven in drag like i will do like a whole face everything but like glitter and a lash and a lip kind of thing but i couldn't do like lashes and all that to drive cross country hell to the now but we do get a little detour in vita's hometown of balawa kenwood in pennsylvania and it is one of those seeds where this is like me every time I go back to like Elkhart and I'm just like drive past things. I'm like, that's where they told Bradley to stop acting like Britney Spears. It's very much it's what you do. When you take somebody new to your hometown, you like, you take them small, they're like, this is where I went to school. This is where I did this. This is where I did that. So it it's me. That's what I do. So if you ever go on a road trip with me back to like Elkhart, Indiana, prepare for that. So we pull up into Vita's old neighborhood and see all these rich houses and we stop in front of one and it is in fact Vita's parents' house and this scene always just kind of made me kind of like sad in the sense of she pulls up and the mother comes out onto the porch and just looks and she sees who it is and Vita just like waves to her like so softly and the woman is just like nope 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 and just basically turns around and it was like such heart-wrenching moments it's like we are this close and you can't even like acknowledge that I'm here and I guess I never really understood that being like a closeted little kid and it wasn't until you know you learn about the world when you aren't in the closet and it definitely had its moments in every gay's or queer's life that, you know, parents don't agree with your lifestyle. Fortunately for me, my mom is great. She's come around. She is a fantastic supporter. She definitely is Team Brantley. And so, hi, Mom. So, at this moment, Vita is just pissed. And as she should be, she gets mad. And they start driving the opposite way and tearing up maps. And this is when we get the, we get, I want to say like the root of the movie and we learn that there are four steps to becoming a drag queen because she, she, she told herself, I'm a drag queen girl. I am a drag queen. Just because I got a trash bag full of clothes, I'm a fucking drag queen. And Nagzima quickly schools her that she's not. And we do learn the four steps to becoming a drag queen. And they're not revealed at first. And I I don't know if I want to, like, spoil the movie by giving you them. But I feel that, like, they'll make sense in time. So I'm just going to just tell you what the four steps to becoming a drag queen are. And we'll meet those nails at the head when we get there. So the first step is may good thoughts be your sword and shield. Second is ignore adversity three abide by the rules of love and four larger than life just the right size 
And I always say that these are great rules, even though they're not like the typical, like, you need this, you need that, you need to have lashes, you need to have pads, you need to have nails. I mean, drag is drag. Let's just do drag. I feel like I'm like that, like the girl from Mean Girl that's like, can we just like eat rainbow cake and do drag together and just all get along? I'm that, like, and that's a little edible glitter on the cake. Like, let's eat, everybody. Now, this scene that we are coming up on always got me. It was the hotel scene where they stop to rest for the evening because they, you know, need to stop. And I'm personally, I have a phobia of public drag. I'm not, like, super scared of it. Like, if I'm going to, like, a local bar or, like, I'm going somewhere that I know I'm safe, I'll be fine, but, like, to go to, like, a gas station or someplace like that where I have to physically get out of my car and go into a space terrifies me. Like, if I need to get gas on, like, a show day, I will, like, make sure I get gas and all that before I get to the makeup portion of my night because once I'm in makeup, oh, I'm, I might stop at McDonald's to the drive-thru with some sunglasses on and be like, thank you so much, you get my food, get the mobile order, and keep it pumping. But, yeah, I, I have a phobia of stopping at gas stations and drags, so I don't do it very often. But we do learn that there is a female basketball convention going on at this, so the girls just fit right in. And I always thought it was so funny because you get Noxima who is just side-swooping and just dodging these girls and rebounding up on them. And it's like, girl, she better work. And they didn't know. Like, none of these women are like, what? They just thought, oh, wow, she is a... A speedy woman. And let me just say, let me just, like, point out these outfits in this scene are so cute. Like, like, like they packed for every, any kind of, like, event, which you do in drag. But the fact that, like, they had, like, basketball uniforms, it, it was so fierce to me. Like, yes, custom garments. We then learn that Chi-Chi has unlocked the second step of becoming a drag queen, which was ignoring adversity because the night before she basically said, listen, I need to sleep in a bed. We're going to this hotel and kind of like stood her ground. And that right there is, you know, apparently step two, ignore adversity. Cause again, she overcame that phobia of staying in public places. Like I definitely go to the hotels out of like, you know, in drag and out of drag. Like I will walk out as, you know, pop star me, and people were just like, are you the same person? It's like, yeah, it's me. Hi, it's Bradley. So, fun fact, I feel that I am like, I don't know how many minutes into this podcast, and I completely forgot to tell y'all, for those who haven't seen this movie, we're going to California to participate in the Drag Queen of the Year pageant. Now, we're going road tripping, so that's where we are. Okay, and asterisk star, whatever. So, as we're driving to California, we basically are just following the road and just doing what we do. And lo and behold, the cop pulls them over because they had a taillight out. And I've never had this happen to me, like, knock on wood. But, like, I can only imagine getting arrested and dragged. That would have to be the scariest thing ever. And... Trigger warning for this scene, there is a sexual assault, as mentioned earlier, so we have that coming up, but we meet the, I don't know how to describe them, Frumpty Dumpty, Sheriff Dullard, 
but it's like Sheriff Dollard with an O because they misprint his badge, which to me, I just always thought that. I'm like, well, if they misprinted your badge, then can't you just be like, hey, can you just, you know, can I just use my old one or something? Or can you just like fix it? Because I mean, I know they have access to fix it or just throw a little curve over the U. It is not that big a thing, but that's like the point of this movie is him to be like Sheriff Dollar, but a dollar with an O. And he tells Vita to get out of the car and basically proceeds to force himself on her. But he has another thing coming when he sticks his hand up her skirt. And fun fact for you, Patrick Swayze actually put a corn cob in the front of his pants during that scene. So when Chris Penn puts his hand up Vita's dress, that like face of shock was genuinely authentic because he didn't know what was going on. So... What you see was true acting in general. And this part always bugged me too. The fact that like they are basically saying we need to get out of here because if he wakes up, we're going to be a cop killers, this, that, and the other. And Chi-Chi drops her shoe like Cinderella style. And they're like, Chi-Chi, get in the car, get in the car. And don't even bother grabbing it. Like to me, she could have picked it up. I think everybody says that every time they watch that scene. She could have picked that up. Plus, I mean, to me, in real life, I watch a lot of SVU. You wouldn't want to keep your evidence there because, truth be told, someone's going to find that cop, they're going to find that heel, and they're going to, like, run DNA swabs and be like, oh, yeah, it's this person, and then you're hit. You're hit like a Chinese buffet on Saturday afternoon. Now, with a possibly dead Sheriff Dullard, we need to get out of these outfits. So the, the girls do a quick wardrobe change. And they change the car's appearance, which is really cool because they just like, it's like they walk in, come out, and they change the car. It's like they're just spies. Like, ta-da, we didn't do nothing. And then we encounter the ultimate road trip fear. And it's even worse in drag. The car breaks down. I have not had this happen to me, but I have been like traveling to a gig and having my car break down and still having to get to the gig. So... That's scary enough. Luckily, I wasn't in drag. I could only imagine if I was in drag. It would have just been the worst. But Chi-Chi says that she doesn't want to be there anymore. And they strip her of her princess points. They said, no princess points for you, bitch. That's when Chi-Chi, again, gives us another quotable notable. When she said, girl, I could get anything. I got more legs than a bucket of chicken. And she did. She better work. And it did work because it flagged down Bobby Ray, who was played by Jason London of Dazed and Confused fame. And he basically comes in this blue pickup truck and crams three drag queens and himself and they book it to Snydersville. Now, Snydersville was described as being in Nebraska. However, the actual town is in Loma, Nebraska. So this town does exist. It's a real place, but they did change the name and a few appearances and stuff. But no, this place really does exist in Loma, Nebraska. So if you're ever in Loma, Nebraska, head on down. And as they pull into town, they encounter their very first of the town locals, Carolyn and Virgil. And Bobby Ray basically tells Carolyn that Virgil's needed. And it's very apparent in this moment that Carolyn and Virgil's relationship has some tensity to it because in this moment, she's just like, hey, Virgil, these people got a broken tire. And he's like, so? And she's like, um, can you help him? He's like, no. And she's like, he'll be down. Don't worry. And and we do get to meet Carol Ann's character, who's played by Stalker Channing. I love her.
love her so much. I've always loved her since Grease days. And Carol Ann sets up the girls in the presidential suite, which is the extra bedroom. And it, oof. Overhead lighting, a drag's worst enemy. The girls make the best of it. And with that being said, we're going to turn off the overhead lights in the studio and we'll be right back. are back now it is the next day and we it is again bright and fucking early and these queens are in drag and we meet the town local folk that's all i can really say we meet the locals we get the town homophobes which include michael vartan of never been kissed fame virgil and in this moment like the domestic abuse signs are like their af like he practically tells her she's got one coming without actually saying it out loud because carol ann's like oh well, yeah he can get a fix by like tomorrow he's like no i can't the part won't be here till monday and she's like oh no he's fine he'll figure it out and he basically snatches her up by the arm and says we can have a talk it pains me it pains me because you know you know something's about to happen but in the flip side of everything we get the bedroom makeover scene which is really funny to me because they a play the wonder woman theme but b the fact that they are just throwing things left and right and things are sticking to the wall movie magic and the townsfolk are like what is going on they are in the window being nosy as hell and they take this like barren ass room into like a fantastic fabulous room which to me i mean even though they're only there for like two days you don't want to sleep in like a barren place at all so i always loved this scene because it was just so fun and just so clever as it being the next morning we finally see sheriff dullard get rescued by a fellow cop and it's from there that he basically is on a mission to find these queens just based off of chi chi's heel like no one wants to help him so he basically is like i'm gonna do this myself fine i don't need your help and goes on this wild man hunt to find chi chi and these girls because i always thought it was so funny too that he basically thought that the person who he was looking for was Vita but it was Chi Chi's shoe so they would have like done the DNA swab and it would have been like you're not who it is anyway so I always thought that was kind of funny too now after this room makeover we get to meet some of the locals of this small town and some of the notable faces that we see in this scene are Beatrice who is played by Blythe Danner who played Will's mom on Will and Grace. Loretta, who is played by Beth Grant, whom I'm sure you've seen on countless TV shows. For you horror heads, there's Child's Play 2. For you non-horror heads, she was in Little Miss Sunshine. She played the pageant director lady. And we also have Clara, um, who was played by Alice Drummond. Now, I absolutely love this actress and anything that she's in. She's been in Ace Ventura. She was in Ghostbusters. She's been in a lot of movies. Like, I feel that whenever they needed, like, a older 
lady to like be there. She just was always that character in the 90s. I loved her. And as we talk about these characters, I do want to point a heart moment to Clara and Noxima's relationship. Once they become familiar with each other, I always loved Clara was like, I'm this old lady who used to be in Hollywood and I know all these people. And Noxima just being like, I know these people. I know of these people. I'm a huge fan of these people. And they got to bond over that. Just like made my heart so happy. Vita comes back into the house and notices Carol Ann is fumbling in the kitchen and that she has a black eye. And I definitely feel that at this point, Vita knew something was going on because Carol Ann gives like the excuse of like, oh, some boxes fell on me and that's why I have a a black eye. And while she was telling her the story, Vita adds some extra spice to some chili and apparently... It's, it's going to cause a commotion in the house because Virgil doesn't like spice and Carol Ann just is terrified of the fact that Vita has put three shakes of pepper and some fucking Dano in this chili. And it, you just feel the tension in this moment because she knows that she has to get this out. Otherwise, Virgil's going to beat her ass again. And that just, again, so sad for that character. And... We get it. She doesn't get it out in time. And later in the in the scene, we do find Virgil tasting the chili and he verbally abuses the shit out of her and like threatens to like physically abuse her. And on a side note, domestic abuse is never okay. And if you or somebody you know is in an abusive relationship, please get help as safely as possible. If you need to, call 911 and order a pizza. They'll know exactly what to do. So please stay safe out there, my babies. Now, we get Chi-Chi just roaming around this, like, stick town in drag by herself. I mean, I'm terrified of going to the gas station by myself, so she's just walking around. So she knew something had to have been coming, which it does, because we get the local bullies trying to assault Chi-Chi. Now, it's never really, like, given as to what they were going to do to her, because, thankfully, Bobby Ray comes and saves the day again. And I always thought that was so, like, noble and so honorable that Bobby Ray just came and just swooped her up and was like, hey, I'm here to pick you up. I'm a knight in shining pickup truck. And I always thought that was just so adorable. A little country boy falling for, like, you know, city girl. Little does he know. And then he, like, shows her this old Coca-Cola billboard that he, like, repainted and, like, repurposed to now say, love that Chi-Chi, which is crazy. It's crazy. He's only known this girl for, like, less than 24 hours and is already obsessed with her. That's that. That's how life, I think, some, some drag relationships work. And speaking of drag relationships, drag relationships are awesome. Like, I know lots of people who are in drag love. If you're not in drag love, don't fret. You're gonna find your drag love sooner than later. But, like, dating in drag, is it's tedious so if you are a drag king wife or a drag queen husband or a drag entertainers person you are the real mvps you carry our shit you order our drinks you make sure that we are taken care of so round of applause to y'all y'all are the true ogs and drag queens drag kings and drag entertainers tell your people that you love them back in town we meet up with the girls um, basically helping the local women trying to figure out their theme for their local social. And what's crazy is that the social was like the next day and they didn't have a theme. Like, y'all didn't plan this out, 
poor planning on whoever committee this was. But basically, Noxima and Vita helped the girls come to the come to the idea of red and wild being the theme because it was a strawberry social. So red and wild was the theme of the social mama. And with that, it definitely sparked something in the girls because we then meet another notable face, Miss Myrna, who is played by Melinda Dillon of A Christmas Story. And she is the owner of the local hair salon. So basically, you know what that means. It is a day with the girls. It is a makeover scene. All the ladies get new hair, new looks, new makeup. It is the cutest thing. And to see Miss Clara, like, getting her little makeup done. And then, like, they flip everybody around and they get their little moment of, like, oh, I'm beautiful. It's so cute. It's so cute. And as they're walking out, the local bullies start, like, you know hollering and hooting at the girls, and Noxima has to put him in check. She goes over to the one dude and grabs him by the nutsack and says, you need to apologize to these women. You need to stop being like this. He does, and she tells him, go home, wash your hair, run through, run a comb through your head, and please put on a clean shirt before you come out this door. And bye, bye, as she should have. Which then leads us to the local boutique run by Billy Bud. Now, this scene right here, let me just tell you, it opened and awakened a fashion like moment in my life. Of it was a fashion awakening when Noxima basically came out with that fringe dress and was like, This is fringe, honey, this is mine, bitch. I will tell you, I became a fan of fringe. I love fringe. It is one of my favorite colors, which if you don't know what they are, it's pink, yellow, clear, shiny, fringe, and there's another one, but purple. Purple is my signature one. So each lady gets like her own outfit and her own little runway moment, and it's the cutest. Like they come out in the different outfits, and the um, bullies are like watching, and and the one Noxima had to put in check, like literally, is like you know, hello, ma'am, and it's like work. You better give these women their flowers, and you better show them respect. And they come out and give a little, they give a little something, something. And we see Carol Ann, like, enjoying the moment. Like, she's across the town, which isn't too far. And she's enjoying the moment with the ladies. And just, it's such a great moment to see her, like, be happy for a second. But, unfortunately, it is quickly shattered because Virgil comes in and, again, yells at her because the chili was too spicy. And at this point, he gets really, like, physical and throws the pot at her. Which, A, now you just fucked up dinner. And, B, not okay. Okay, my heart went out to Caroline in this moment because she could have got burnt. So we reconnect with Sheriff Dullard and he is he is on a mission. And it's so funny because he has a list of where to find like gay people. He was like looking at like flower shops, ballet schools, like flight attendant lounges, brunch places, antique places, and like all these random ass places to find gay people. And it just always cracks me up that the stereotypical mind of like a straight man's like, I'm going to find gays at these places. As the girls are coming down from their makeover high, because as they should, they all look fucking gorgeous. We then meet Carolyn's oldest daughter, Bobby Lee. She always gave me like 
big K off-brand Kirsten Dunst. Not, nothing shady, not even trying to be shady, but she just did. But we meet Bobby Lee, who likes Bobby Ray, but we all know Bobby Ray only has eyes for Chi-Chi at this moment, so he didn't even think about Miss Bobby Lee, which, sorry about that. And it's to the point that Vita has to actually step in and intervene with Chi-Chi and just be like, listen, you need to leave that boy alone because A, you don't live here. B, you know why you shouldn't be fucking with them. And two, that girl down there, Ms. Lil Bobby Lee, she likes him and you know it. Don't be that person. And this is when, like, the words get real funny to me because they're going back and forth, Miss Vita and Miss Chi-Chi, and Chi-Chi calls, like, Vita, like, a dinosaur fossil face bitch. And I was like, ooh! <laughs> but amidst Chi-Chi and Vita fighting, we hear Virgil and Carol Ann fighting. And Vita has had enough. At this point, Vita is done. Vita says, listen, I am not dealing with this shit no more. Neither should you. So she goes and has a little conversation with Mr. Virgil. And Carol Ann is just even more terrified. She's just like, he's going to beat her up. He's going to hurt her so bad. And Chi-Chi at that point like, you know what? Let's just put it out there. Carol Ann, Vita, and Noxie like, she works out a lot. Like, it's one of those that she's like, listen, we, we definitely... Cannot give her secrets away. But yeah, she tells her, girl, she works out a lot. Don't worry about Miss Vita. And while Miss Vita beats the shit out of Virgil, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We are back and... Here we are. We are at a point where drag queens fought back. We've got a cop looking for the wrong drag queen. And we got young love. And it's in this moment that Chi-Chi realizes that Vita was right. And basically helps Miss Bobby Lee get the boy. And it was a great moment. They basically all kind of pitch in and give her makeup lessons and give her like little tips on how to stand and how to act. And it's revealed that we have unlocked step three, abide by the rules of love, which then takes you to this super adorable little moment that Vita, Chi-Chi, and Nagzima have on the balcony as they watch the entire town come together in what seems a very long time. A lot of these people probably have never even seen each other for more than five minutes. And so like this scene right here where everybody's like in the town dancing and just having a good time was so cute and so joyous to me. And also like this scene also reminded me of something very like RuPaul inspired which segues into like drag and like female culture like I know that later in life with another RuPaulism we get the show RuPaul's Drag You in which ordinary women get to live the drag fantasy for a day and become a drag queen and I always say that I mean there's a lot you can learn from a drag queen or a drag entertainer so ladies if you have a drag friend ask them about anything and they will help you. Now it's the next morning and it is strawberry social day honey and it is one of those moments that the queens are just decked head to toe in red the entire town has strawberries and everybody is in red it's glorious like it's just a little it looks 
like the town just woke up from a dream and it's so cool. And unfortunately, we're gonna have a party pooper come to the party. Yes, Miss Sheriff Dullard brings her ass to town hunting down the queens because he's finally figured out where they were because he got tipped off at a bar by Virgil. And here we are. And this was a really like empowering moment, I feel, for just like the queer community because it's in this moment that everybody sees this sheriff yelling about where the queens bring the queens out and everybody kind of is like no we're not gonna just hand them up and we see the queens actually in the room freaking out and Vita's like you know what I gotta do what I gotta do and just walks out of the bedroom and then we see Vita walk out of the front door in this gorgeous red shawl walking towards the sheriff because you know what she's just gonna give herself up however we we give a little sneaky sneak tricks and it is revealed that Carol Ann is actually the person in the dress and the whole town just comes together and says like you know we're all drag queens well I'm a drag queen you're a drag queen he's a drag queen she's a drag queen and they just all come together and for these people that they literally just met like 48 hours ago and I just always thought that was such like a, a heartwarming moment because these people didn't even know about you know these people's lives and now they are in a bond with them so I always thought that was just so amazing. So they end up running Virgil and the Officer Dullard out of town and they actually go about having their strawberry social. The queens give you a face, they give you life, they give you a runways and it's just like a big party. It's just a moment that this town needed and I'm so glad that like they were able to still enjoy that moment and still live their day. We do come to the queens packing up the car because Carol Ann helped fix it. And that was just a great little girl boss moment. And also this scene right here always just touched my soul because uh, it's in this moment that Carol Ann tells Vita, I know that I, that you're special. I know that you have an Adam's apple. And Vita's like, what do you mean? And she's like, I know that you have an Adam's apple. And I know that women don't have Adam's apples. So I'm fortunate to have a friend who's a lady that does have an Adam's apple and I just always thought that she basically just like gave Vita that that love and, and acceptance that she never got from her family and uh, going back to like chosen family like I feel that like Vita and Carol Ann were like bonded after that because just her saying like you know the fact that I've got a lady friend who's got an Adam's apple makes my whole world is so great and I feel that there should be more like female and gay relationships in the world I'm sure there are plenty but there need there needs to be more so drum roll please here we are the drag queen of the year pageant and it is it's so stunning everybody is there decked out in their best like florals and flowers and colors and greens and pinks and very spring forward and in this moment we get a few cameos from Miss Candace Kane Hedda Lettuce and Miss Julia Newmar herself now this was the scene I literally I made a TikTok about this and I might even post it on like you know on the, on the gram but there is something about this moment when Naxima and Vita reveal that they aren't in the competition but they are helping Chi Chi be there and when they say larger than life is the right size it was one of those moments that they reveal Chi Chi and I tell you what 
I lost my breath. I lost my breath seeing Chi-Chi in that white gown, just looking so stunning. And it has inspired me so many ways. And that's one of the moments in cinematic history that the outfit reveal was everything. Everything. Like, or to quote the film, try to describe her without using the word statuesque. It's, you cannot. Because Chi-Chi looks so amazing in this. And there it is. A road trip from New York City to California with drag queens, a broken car, and some fringe fun on the way. That is Tuong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Wow. We literally just watched the entirety of a movie together on a podcast platform. Again, thank you so much for being here, and thank you so much for tuning in to my very first episode of Popcorn and a Popstar. Next week, tune in as we revisit the 1992 OG Vampire Queen, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And before I go, I just want to give you a few pieces of advice. And that is, be kind to yourself, know that you are amazing, and when in doubt, glitter it out. Love you, bestie, and I'll be back next episode for more Popcorn and a Popstar. Popcorn and a Popstar is not endorsed by any of the film production companies associated with the films viewed, and all opinions expressed during this podcast are for entertainment and comedic purposes only. Not all facts will be correct, but we attempt to be as accurate as possible. All names, pictures, audio, and media are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective trademark or copyright holders, and is used solely for entertainment purposes only.